0: death taxes and an away side failing to win a hearts aberdeen fixture callum boy does it feel good to join another live episode here on the red tinted glasses youtube channel and speak about a win because it's been a long time coming and what a way to do it
1: oh it's about downtime. i'm still not even sure how it happened and um, it was like two different teams in each half but absolutely delighted even more delighted that one of my best pals was in the away end and at half time uh, he, he was trying to cause some commotion in the group chat uh, given the result on our performance uh, the, the scoreline and our performance but um, I felt like we needed it and coming towards the end of the game I said "Oh, I feel like there's something brewing here and I was right maybe sometimes I do hit the nail on the head and it's not just nonsense all the time but boy do we look silly after our previous podcast and the build up to the game
0: I mean, it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't look silly. So I'm glad we're continuing our our theme as well. And it was great that Aberdeen could finally end some unwanted records as well. Of course, that win um, at the weekend was the first time we've come from behind since beating other Edinburgh club, Hibs, back in March 2022 when um, forgotten man Vicente Bezowin was on the score sheet as well. So good that we finally managed to get that little hoodoo. Um, off our back as well and I kind of, I kind of like you felt the same during the, the second half that there was another goal in that game at, at 1-1 and I was just praying um, that it was going to be for us because it's, this could have been a totally different episode had it had it gone the other way. Um, there was a couple of changes for the, the Dons going into the game Jack Milne probably the biggest surprise um, coming in for uh, Angus McDonald. Um, who I didn't really think had done much wrong in the defeat in midweek. And then the the rotation continuing up front with Esther Sokler coming in for Duke. Um, Jack Milne, uh, I thought was very impressive. Um, I, I remember on here again, making us look silly. Well, I say us, I mean me. Um, because I was probably a bit critical of him um, for the Helsinki game, maybe not seeing what those that had stayed at home and watched on TV had seen. But I, I thought Jack looked... Very good um, uh, against Hearts at the weekend, and another lanky, dark-haired player. Because I was getting a bit confused between him, Sokler and Miowski at times. What is wrong with you? Uh... <laughs> I was asked yeah. beforehand. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I, yeah, I was impressed. He looked very, very comfortable.
1: I loved um, some of the heart and fight that he showed, um, particularly when there was a little bit of a. And R G Bargey in the second half, he was right there getting involved, which I was a big fan of. Um, encouraging, I think, is the only thing he can say. If he looks comfortable, sort of in a game like that against, let's still be fair, a very good side in Hearts, um, then that can only be a good thing going
0: forward. I mean, I don't really think they are a very good side. Okay, uh, a decent side in com- <laughs> in comparison to the rest of the league. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, Because to be honest, I think while we made them look like a good side, especially um, in that first half, because we were absolutely dreadful um, in that first half. And I think we have to acknowledge how poor we were in the first half. It really was. I know David McLennan's tuning in and he's kind of commented before about us being a Jekyll and Hyde side. Well, this was really a Jekyll and Hyde game from Aberdeen where we were really poor first half. But maybe back to the Barry Robson-Aberdeen of old um second half and first half for me the biggest frustration was how deep boyan mioski was having to drop to try and pick up the ball and and get the get the play going and we were kind of letting hearts dictate the play which was extremely frustrating
1: yeah, there was one instance where Boyanovski literally came within fifteen yards to collect of the defense to collect the ball, and it, it really did look like, like it's the best player on a school team trying to do everything. That's what <laughs> it looked like. Um, but the first half it was the same as as sort of Kilmarnock, and um, in fact it was maybe arguably worse. Hearts didn't offer too much, it's um, really throughout the game, Rooster didn't really have a save to make. Um. All we had to do was pick the ball at the back of the net. Ultimately, which we'll come on to, mm. but it, it wasn't like let's make let's not we make no mistake about it. It was a terrible first half, and it was much more of the same. And um, by then, I suppose in that case, Bana Robson deserves a lot of credit because I do agree in, in saying that. And um, the second half was like it what it was more like last season. All of the fight was there, even if we're not you know playing the prettiest football, we're making sure we can get something from the game, and we gave ourselves a chance uh, going late on and, into the game.
0: Yeah, and and you know Stephen Naismith coming out as well at, at a full time saying that the Aberdeen bullied Hearts second half. Graham Dothy tuning, and he's a Hearts fan saying about the second half performance that we deserved the win based on that, and the subs and the change of system worked well. And <clears throat> I, I'm not kind of really taking any offence to Stephen Naismith saying that that we bullied. Um, hearts, and maybe not with a hint of irony in Stephen Naismith's um, tone as well, given the fact that Hearts picked up seven bookings from their 20 fouls, and probably lucky not to pick up a few other cards um, in there as well. But it is great to see that Aberdeen of old we spoke about it on the preview. Probably the only thing that we didn't look stupid about in that preview, where we said we wanted to see some of that kind of grit and determination um, on the pitch. And I, I remember uh, listening to the post-match interview on the way home and I heard BBC Scotland using that exact word about the grit that we showed um, and how much Barry probably enjoyed seeing that back in the Aberdeen side and that was the one that gave me that bit of positivity ahead of what is a big week for the club. It's like someone flicked a
1: switch at half time and um, all of a sudden they were desperate to fight for every ball, they were making things happen um, and I think You know, them flying into challenges, things like that, making sure we are the bullies uh, uh, on the pitch. It it got the crowd going onside as well, because it actually looked like they wanted to get something from the game. Whereas Mm. against Kilmarnock, the first half of the Hearts game, that didn't really look like the case at all. Um, And it got the crowd onside uh, once again, which I think was massively important, given uh, a lot of disgruntlement uh, and disgruntled noises in the first half
0: disgruntled noises that's a very polite way of um saying booze um but i think as well (laughs) important as well given probably the conditions um on saturday it wasn't exactly enjoyable um first half to watch let alone standing for those of you brave enough to um withstand the conditions in section y in particular um for the 90 minutes i'm sure seeing the players actually show a bit of fight and passion in that second half probably helped a, a little bit um but once again, it's another soft goal conceded. And for me, the the concern around that goal was it was from a set piece, which I feel we should be doing better. But um, Shanklin really kind of shoves away Graham Shinnie like he's not there. For me, it's really weak from the captain um, about how easily Shanklin gets away from him and yeah, puts it, as Lawrence Shanklin does, into the back of the net. And it had to be when we were down in... Needing something to go our way, it had to be a former player coming and putting the ball in the, the back of the net, but I'm just glad we got the last laugh.
1: We did. I'll look forward to speaking about that later on. Um, it was it was typical. It felt typical of our fortunes at, at, at that time. Um, it was very, very weak defending. It ended up being shinny on Lawrence Shanklin, which is a mismatch I don't like, personally. Um, and he couldn't really miss. Kelroos, perhaps, could have made a bit more of things and, and dealt with the cross even he wasn't going to catch it get something on it and um, to prevent Lawrence Shankland and you know he certainly enjoyed uh, finding the back in it I, I'm sure um, but it was very very poor from an Aberdeen perspective and it, once again it set pieces and we've got a load of big lads in there and we can't mm-hmm. seem to either deal with them uh, defensively or grab a goal really from them. Uh, very very frustrating. And on that point, actually, grabbing a goal from them. Why were we leaving Jack Milne, six foot four Jack yeah. Milne, back at the halfway line when we were we attacking set pieces? What is that? Yeah,
0: like? yeah I noticed that him and Graham Shinney were the two men that would drop back for the Hearts player left on the the centre uh, the centre line. But really weird. And I think the frustration at half time was was justified. And um, for me, I was just glad the first half was finished. I was probably too bored to even vent my frustration at, at halftime but I think Barry Robson will have certainly vented at, at halftime and I'm glad that we kind of got to saw the reaction to whatever frustration was was vented from Barry Robson
1: got to saw what are you
0: doing I know and <laughs> <laughs> um, but Robson also recognized
1: that uh, the booze were um valid I think as well which I think is nice so that you know there'd been a bit of humming and ha about whether he should do them or whether he should try and get, get behind them. But I'm absolutely sure he got stuck in at halftime. And he probably used, you know, you hear that from the crowd at, at halftime. Do, do you want that? Remember how good they can be? A lot of the times during that uh, run at the back in the last season, he was speaking about how the fans were with the players. And it seemed like in the second half, they sort of got that back.
0: Yeah, and I was listening to... I was listening back to our interview that we did with um Christian Ramirez um at the weekend, of course. Congratulations to to Christian on on winning the MLS Cup um at the weekend with Columbus Crew. And it was a comment he made about when he was with the club that Stephen Glass said, saying that that when you guys are, are winning and, and when this team's doing well, the fans will love you and the fans will be with you every step of the way. They'll really get behind you. And that kind of felt quite fitting to how the weekend's game against Hearts ended with the way that the crowd was really kind of getting behind, as you mentioned there, the, t- the tackles that were, were flying in and that feeling at, at full time when the when the winner hits the back of the net and then it's, you know, celebrating with the players uh, as they did their lap of honour, if you want to, to call it that. But the, the contrast from halftime to full time was huge.
1: It was. Am I on mute again? What's going on? No, you're my not. Laptop, my laptop's threatening to uh, restart, which is not ideal. Um, it, it 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 did feel like, And you know what? The players earned, earned that. I was to be working uh, at, right after the game, well, at, at six o'clock. Meanwhile, my friends are going to the pub, which really drives my gears because I wanted to join them. Um, but stayed behind to make sure they got that applause. And it felt like it was such a big moment um, getting that result. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's sort of the turning of the tide And, and getting the fans back on their side um, Not only with the result But with the effort they put in in that second half um, I feel like it's massive Going going into head, ahead of the game at the weekend Not even this game, this game midweek Which doesn't really matter
0: yeah, I know. Obviously, this episode, we're looking back at the the victory over Hearts. And to be honest, we're hardly going to even speak about the game on Thursday because, let's be honest, it's a glorified friendly. It's been absolutely ruined by UEFA's decision to not allow Frankfurt fans to travel. So any kind of interest maybe most of us had in terms of enjoying the spectacle of German fans at Pataudry has been ruined. It's a 5.45 kickoff straight after work for a lot of people. Look, most if the players' minds, I'm sure, are are well focused. I I listened to Barry Robson's press conference uh, before we came live today, uh, and Tyrone Smith kind of asked him whether or not the club could have been done without this game ahead of Sunday. And Robson, very typical of his interviews just now, said, Why, what's happening on Sunday? No, one game at a time, as, as Barry's um, speaking about, but uh, at, at the weekend, you know, said one nil down and trying to get back into it. Richard Jensen channeling his inner Angus McDonald, what a hit that was! And could you imagine if that found the back of the net only Xander Clark's fingertips denying Richard Jensen his first goal for the club?
1: I was, I was trying to describe it, and sort of not working, it felt similar to you know when Scott McKenna hit it from mm-hmm. range. Um, yeah. After Chris Boyd told him to shoot and he found the back of the net. It felt something like that. Credit to Zana Clark, though. It was a fantastic save. Um, But it was just moments like that where he could have easily, you know, just tried to play that out wide or something. And it sort of got the fans going again because there was something to be excited about. And it felt like, oh, hang on a moment. We're in this game. We can get something from this game. I just would have loved for that to fly into the top corner. but If he wants to save that for Sunday, then
0: that's fine by me. Yeah, absolutely. And what I also love about Richard Jensen is how much he celebrates winning a slide tackle um, or winning a challenge towards the end of the game as well when he, he did it. And I noticed, was it in the game against Rangers as well, when he, he won a tackle in the box ball went out for a corner and he just, yes, come on. absolutely love that sort of, uh, sort of passion as well. And one player that we're kind of seeing the best of um, – this season and probably the biggest surprise from this season has been Jamie McGrath. Once again, another influential performance in the midfield. And what I like about this goal is, and it's probably kind of gone unnoticed is Jamie McGrath seems to be the only player playing to the whistle because probably everybody else in Pataudry, especially those in the stands are appealing for a penalty as Jamie McGrath goes down, but referees not interested up. Jamie McGrath gets feeds Boya Mielski, weaker foot, no problem, Mr. Miovsky, into the back of net, and the Dons are back in business.
1: Oh, brilliant stuff. I mean, um, he was probably yeah, the only person aware that you could potentially slide in Boyan Miovsky <laughs> because everyone else was so focused on, on getting a penalty. Um, but it's not the first time he's done that kind of thing uh, when he's been on the deck and got up, played to the whistle, and it's resulted in a goal. Uh, same at motherwell away I believe it was as well uh, mm-hmm. taken out and the, and then we we ended up scoring as well but and um, not only credit for him to get up and get on with it and for us to end up with the goal the pass to Miowski itself is just perfect and um, the finish incredible from Miovsky on his right foot and. Um, Something where, I think against Kilmarnock, when he was really trying hard to get shifted onto his left foot, I, like, I didn't even have a right foot, it was just for standing on. <laughs> um, and he, he, made, he made me look stupid. But that's fine by me. It was an excellent finish. Uh, and I tell you what, after Hearts had been singing Aberdeen, now you're listening, uh, for about 10 minutes straight, um, uh, towards the end of that second half, the fence got it when that hit the back of the net.
0: Oh, that's good to hear. Um, But you felt once that goal went in, the obviously we kind of were building up momentum. The only kind of really thing that was stuttering our momentum was the kind of substitutes that were enforced Esther Sokler going off with uh um with with a knock. But the biggest kind of moment when the stadium seemed to hold their breath was when boyan Amyovsky went down. And I thought, oh for fuck's sake, here we go. Physio comes on and everyone's like, oh it's fine. He'll be all right. He'll get up. And you just see the the hands going over each other that he needs to he needs to come off. And the collective groan, like, oh for fuck's sake! That the whole thing's knackered. Not even today, Sunday. Just forget about it. Um, but again, the players on the pitch showing that grit, showing, you know, really kind of digging deep and grinding out in the end. So you know, we might have spoken on this show about Barry Robson utilising the squad and maybe players not getting their chance, but maybe with the Cup final coming up, players keen to put a show on for Barry Robson and say, hey look, if you need us, we'll step up and be counted on.
1: Absolutely, I mean then Dante Bovara coming on for of um, I thought he came on and was almost exactly what we needed even though it was an enforced change um, I would describe the, the groans as disgruntled noises <laughs> um, when the four point Odd million pound man, apparently. Uh, Boyamiovsky went down, but I thought, oh, that's the whole thing knackered. And especially after Sokler just got off, mm. uh, I was like, well, I couldn't have, you know, we just waited a few minutes for that substitution and maybe Sokler could have carried on and, and protect uh, Miovsky wrapping up in cotton wool. Um, however, we, um, it was okay. And Boyamiovsky looks to have been okay. I know you've got a little bit uh, of an update after the Bayern Ops' press conference, but in fact he charged down the line, to celebrate the second goal. To suggest he's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, well, I I hope he hasn't maybe made things worse by charging down the the touchline to to celebrate the winner. But I mean, can you blame him? I and mean, could you blame any of the other players? Uh, obviously, after the game, Barry Robson coming out and saying both Esther and Boyan are carrying um, knocks and um, were struggling, and that's why both had to be taken off. But on Boyan Miowski. Barry Robson coming out today and saying that it's a, a waiting game Um, obviously he didn't train today that's on on Wednesday the day before the Frankfurt game for anybody kind of catching up with this episode a little bit later um, and the club are waiting to see how he is in the morning now this could be a, a terrific poker move by Barry Robson you know let's not chuck Boyan Miofsky out there on the day before the Frankfurt game let's get the Rangers fans excited because of course we're going to come on to that cup final preview um a little bit later on in the show but they're carrying a lot of injuries and missing a lot of key players ahead of the the weekend as well um but it just feels this is the the big piece in this chess match for Aberdeen and we need boyan as fit as possible and i, I don't know why Barry Robson saying we'll wait and see how he is again ahead of tomorrow because i want boyan nowhere near that match day squad tomorrow stay in his cotton wool stay in his room keep him as far away from a football pitch until Sunday
1: Yeah, and it's also a touchline of a football pitch in case he gets overexcited again Um, (laughs) but I I agree, I just hope that that they choose not to involve him because there's no point risking him even if he is fine to play, there isn't Um, Mm -hmm. it's an absolute nothing game um, and that final is, is the most important thing and also if he's not even in the squad on Thursday then maybe Rangers will be getting a little bit excited uh, about the potential of him uh, missing Sunday and we just hope that it's, uh, as you say, a poker move rather than uh, out of necessity.
0: Yeah, but you also do know that if Boyomew is not in the match day squad on Thursday a lot of our fans will absolutely lose our shit that he's not going to be fit for Sunday um, but look, I'd be giving debuts to Ross Duhan or Dadia, Reese Williams. Honestly, whoever wants a start that hasn't played this season, give them the minutes um, on Thursday. Um, Of course, we still need to wrap up the events from the weekend's win because it was a win and Duke came on and once again made an impact as he tends to do off the bench, maybe not so much this season as some people have hoped for, but he still offers a threat. And what I like about him most is he will chase that lost cause or supposed lost cause and the ball over the top from Nicky Devlin he's got two defenders that he's got to get past and he does that brilliantly now Callum was it a shot or was it a cross for Leighton Clarkson
1: well I'm sure he'll attest otherwise but I well at the time I certainly thought it was a shot I didn't see Clarkson running in either. And I just thought, oh, my God, that was the moment. And then all of a sudden just bedlam. And um, I really thought it was a shot at the time. I have mean, watched it back. And um, If it was a shot, it was that bad that there's no way it could be. And he's got to pass it off as a pass. But regardless, the fact he made something happen um, off the bench, making an impact is fantastic. Um, and we just want him to get back to doing that kind of thing. Even if it's, you know, fluffed shots, turn assist um every single game.
0: Yeah. I actually thought at the time um from from my seat in the in the red shed that the ball had actually hit the post and it bounced back to Leighton Clarkson I thought that's how far it had gone across. So I actually thought it was a shot. Um, but on first viewing um on, on sports scene I couldn't help but think he meant that as a pass. Um, but well given the guess- benefit of the doubt how about that? Well, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But of course, I asked the man himself. because um, I've been speaking to him over the weekend, um, kindly gave me his match-worn top from Frankfurt away. Um, so I've got that here. Yes, I tried it on. Yes, I fit into a medium and I feel fantastic about that. Um, but he said he was always in control of where Leighton Clarkson's movement was. So he knew where he was and definitely meant the past. But um, the emoji put on the end makes me think he is telling a wee white lie. That's fine, though. You two are like that these days, though, aren't you? Yeah, mate. Uh, Don't get jealous. Don't get jealous. I will. Um, I will. But given, obviously, the, the late winner again, breaking another unwanted record for the Dons, that's our first injury time winner since back in October 2020, the COVID season, um, it, those of you that want to remember it that way. um, Just how important, Callum, could that three points be um, for the season and well potentially Barry Robson as well. Massive. Hopefully that is
1: the turning of the corner. And um, if you like as I said, we're heading towards the sort of final ten minutes of that game. I had a feeling it could be. I don't know where it came from because as as mentioned, you know, it'd been so long since we came back from behind. It'd been so long since we got a late winner. Um, and I just felt like that's an appany, but maybe today's the day and I hope that is the case and you know that second half performance, uh, the fire in the belly that hopefully gets the fans with the players as Barry Robson would have said last season. Um, hopefully that can be the sort of momentum I spoke about. Uh, at liked how a good October could have been for us and perhaps <laughs> maybe December is going to be that. Um, if we can follow that up with a just a decent showing, hopefully from the fringe players on Thursday, um, and then go into that cup final and feeling good about things, and end up with a result. Then that that could be it. Could be the week that saves saves Barry Robson.
0: Yeah, it could be a defining week, and um, of course, it could be a week that sees the club win two trophies. Because um, as we're live tonight, um, the Young Dons kick off at eight o'clock at bomb. Bar- Almoral against uh, banks in the Aberdeenshire Shield final. So good luck to the young team and hopefully it's the first of two trophies we see the, the club win um, this week. But before we get to the, the men's first team cup final, um, we've got a glorified European friendly, um, sorry, our final European conference group stage game to play against Eintracht Frankfurt.
1: We do, however, we can't we can't go over the hearts game without mentioning Lawrence Shanklin giving the finger to the south stand. Ha ha that is hilarious. Sorry, just wanted to get that in there. and um, get it up every single one of them. Sorry, we um,
0: still here. <laughs> do you think he might get banned?
1: Uh there's no chance of that happening. Um, um it, you know, he would be getting a lot of abuse. Uh he was letting his frustrations out, but I still hope uh one of our rivals get the best player banned, if I'm honest.
0: <laughs> Um, yeah so um, as I said on to um, Frankfurt on Thursday we're not going to waste a lot of time on on this game because let's be honest it is a game that means nothing in, in terms of Europe for the Dons we can't progress Frankfurt have already progressed and let's be honest it's a game that's kind of getting in the way of the build up to Sunday's final and as David Stewart points out Frankfurt also have Leverkusen who lead the Bundesliga on Sunday therefore probably they've also got one eye on that trying to follow up their impressive 5-1 humbling of Bayern Munich at the weekend, which was certainly an eye-raising result. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably more so after they um, got knocked out by a third division side in the German Cup in midweek, the same day as we lost to Kilmarnock. That German side that beat them in the cup was the same side that knocked out Bayern Munich um, in the last minute. So kind of like us, a, a bit up and down with their results, but coming to Aberdeen with nothing on the line, We're likely to play our fringe players, Callum. They're probably going to do the same um, with one eye on playing the league leaders. It's a tough sell, isn't it?
1: It is a tough sell. Um, Especially, as you said, without the away fans as well, which I think is a a shame um, because I really did enjoy uh, the sort of noise that the the park fans, when they were were over, uh, the noise they made. Not only... You know, are, are Frankfurt qualified even with a win. They won't finish top of the group, so the game yeah. really means absolutely nothing. And um, so it's a shame that their fans aren't here just to make it a little bit more of a spectacle. But um, play all of the fringe players. I totally agree. When you mentioned even Ross Duan, I was like, I was thinking that prior to, to the show, I was like, just just don't even risk Keller-Rush. So There's no point um, at this stage. Tell them, you know, you have got 90 minutes here. Show us what you can do, and you might, you know, you might make 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 your way into to, onto that bench, yeah, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, on Sunday. I'm not bothered about the game whatsoever. I just hope we don't get embarrassed, and a nice little showing, um, f- for
0: us as well. We would be nice, but hey, it's not the end of the world. I'm not even overly concerned if we do get embarrassed. To be honest, as long as we don't pick up any injuries to players that might be involved in Sunday, that's all I really care about. Um, although. Would I care if we got embarrassed if we lost on Sunday? Then maybe. Um, but if we get embarrassed on uh, tomorrow night and then we're on Sunday, no one will even probably remember the game because, let's be honest, it's pretty shit without them having any fans. So 5-4 if kick off, it'll be a struggle for most to get up for the game. But we said they don't have any fans. Um, that's not strictly true um, because Eintracht Frankfurt have 200 VIP fans Um, which will be housed in the traditional away end because the club have no other choice but to house them there with the way the club have sold the three-match package. Those 200 fans will mainly be made up of players, families and kind of corporate people. Um, I just don't understand why the club, despite putting out really strict warnings to Aberdeen fans reselling tickets... If tickets were resold, just chuck them in with other 200. What's the harm going to be done? Let the guys that have come over, regardless of being banned, get to the game, enjoy themselves, because it's not going to be a game to remember, so let them enjoy actually seeing a game, rather than staying in the pub and watching it. True. It's going to be weird having
1: a little corporate A lot. I mean, it's (laughs) going to be the worst corporate seats they've ever experienced in the OED. Uh, yeah. and I hope if we score the fence still gets it just for a laugh um, there's a talk of the 500,000 euros for a win I can't see us getting that um, however I do agree with David Stewart's comment in saying that uh, it can be used to pay for Duke and Glenn's wedding congratulations yeah. guys
0: be extravagant say the least hey. we, if we get a draw it's 166,000 pounds or something like that isn't it decent wedding out um, of that I reckon so yeah I know that'd, be, that'd pay the honeymoon anyway um, the only other thing I guess for tomorrow night would be kind of do you agree with those changes? Um, I saw Kaiser again regular on, on the show mentioning uh, about giving Reese Williams a game. Reese Williams linked with a recall to Liverpool as they struggle with their um defensive injuries and and kind of talk around Ordadia's future as well, come January, whether or not he'll be sent back to um Bear um Shaver to play. Um could we see Ordadia finally make his competitive first team debut, um, along with Reese Williams, of course, both of these guys playing um, for the development team um, in the Shield and the Challenge Cup, respectively. Could we see them in European action tomorrow night?
1: I hope so, just to see that they exist um, <laughs> and also just to protect the rest of our, our other options, I, I suppose. Um it would be interesting. Why not give them a run out, see see what they're like in a a first team setting, because uh, we've not.
0: Yeah. Um, Question from Lee Seymour, um, probably final thing on the the game tomorrow night. Do you think the group stage football has been a worthwhile exercise, Calum?
1: Yeah. I think more for the fans, perhaps, rather than anything else. They've had a great time, and so they should. Um, I think so. I've... You know where Aberdeen Football Club's manager likes to say, "and um, we need to." This is where the level we want to be at. And okay, we've not quite had the success, not had the results that perhaps we'd have liked. And um, has been a tough group. And if we're going to be here next season, the players that are still here next season and um, will be all the better, all the better for the experience of playing at that level and and knowing what it takes to get results. And um, in such a competition, so I think it has been a worthwhile exercise. And um, tomorrow, uh, uh, I don't feel like it, it, it will be, especially mm-hmm. with the game around the corner on Sunday. And um, I think overall, it's been a good experience for the players, and likewise, more so the fans. So,
0: yeah, it, it it's been a, a terrific experience, more so for those that have managed to get to every game, including, of course, that that pilgrimage back to Gothenburg in the, in the qualifiers as well. And I'm sure it's been a great experience for for the players. Dante Povara touching on that in, in his press conference today, saying how much you know coming up against the likes of Eintracht Frankfurt would be a dream when he was growing up playing on on this stage. So I'm sure, regardless, the players are gonna gonna relish the game. But from a fan's point of view, I, I'm just disappointed how it's been ruined by by UEFA and the fact that it means there's nothing on the line. And, to me, that the more focus and attention is on Sunday instead. So, Callum, let's turn our focus and <laughs> attention to Sunday. Um, it's Wednesday night. It's half past seven. How are the nerves um, halfway through the week a- ahead of the final?
1: Uh, they're getting there. They are getting there. And um, Weirdly, a small belief as well, Um which I think, I, I don't know, I think I'll, I'll fluctuate between now and then, between we're absolutely going to win it, and oh god this could be a disaster. um But the nerves are slowly picking up, um, but I'm just quite excited, because there is a possibility, it'll be the second trophy of uh, one in my lifetime. um 2014, obviously, the only, only so far, and I wasn't quite old enough to be able to enjoy the celebrations, I think. And um, I uh, as as perhaps I would this weekend so I just hope we get that weekend it would be incredible and um but the nerves are picking up Glenn are you are you shaking
0: yeah um I'm probably the same as you the nerves are there but the excitement is definitely building but I really hate that I'm like you in the sense that that small glimmer of hope is burning inside of me um because we all know it's the hope that that kills you um it would be the third trophy of my lifetime, but the first trophy we won, I was an even three um when we won the ninety-five League Cup. Um I didn't even know Aberdeen really existed at that time because I didn't live in Aberdeen until I was 10. There's a fun fact that nobody needed to know about me. Um, so it would be really I would class it same as you, Callum. Second trophy um of my time supporting Aberdeen. I was gonna ask you as well kind of what your memories were from the last time we won the league cup at, at Parkhead, of course, on, on penalties against, uh, against college. You, obviously you said you weren't kind of old enough to be like myself and revel in the, the win in town, outside Seoul with, with the players. Um, Like, I can't remember, was it Nicky Lowe and Joe Sean, I say, mm-hmm. forming part of a pyramid outside Paramount. I mean, and then doing a 10 men went to mo outside what was HMV, um, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, but yeah, there were, there were some terrific memories from getting home, albeit getting home took fucking ages because there was a really bad crash at, at Cumbernauld as well. And, um, what's your memories from that day?
1: What well, I'd give for Duke and Jamie McGrath to be part of a 10-man <laughs> and, and come Sunday evening. Um, I remember Russell Anderson hitting the bar I remember Russell Anderson hitting the bar. I remember the penalties. I remember Johnny Hayes going down injured very early mm. on. But I distinctly remember the chants of Peter Pollock, Baby, and songs from Johnny Hayes and um, the Northern Lights at full-time after mm. the game. Um, I remember Neil shedding a tear as well, which I think at the time I was like, why are you crying? And I kind of thought this is going to happen more often now. We're going to win these yeah. things. Um, little did I know and I think come come full time if we are the victors uh, on Sunday, it could be me sharing the tear this time. Mm. Um it would be incredible. And um, and I think I'd this time round if we were to win, I'd just want to soak it in all, a lot more than mm-hmm. I did. Um, and as I said I just kind of I think at the time when you're young and you win something, it's like. Oh, it'll be like this all the time. It'll be fine. It was sort of the same when we were playing in the group stages, um, you know, against like Copenhagen and Atletico and things like that. Now, and it's only been now that that we've that we've sort of resurrected, uh, resurrected, corrected that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be nice to get both of those things in the same season. After um, young, foolish me uh, didn't really enjoy them for, for for what they were at the time.
0: Yeah, and and I think obviously that the, the quote from from that day's you know one hundred twenty minutes, then fucking penalties. I don't know if I could deal with fucking penalties on, on, on Sunday. That would be a, a real nerve shredder and a nail biter if it if the game went that long. Um, I'm sure there'll be some contentious penalty calls on, on Sunday when we we'll maybe get into that in a, in a minute as well. But, you know, synonymous with that day for me as well will always be um, Avicii and, and Wake Me Up because that song was played not long after the, the trophy was lifted. So every time yeah. I hear that song, it, it takes me back to um, seeing the team walking around the, the pitch with a the, with the trophy. And obviously the, the, the commentary, the iconic commentary from Liam McLeod is um, Adam Rooney with a chance to win it for Aberdeen and he does, you know, what player's going to have their iconic commentary line that this weekend, it's just those little bits that, that stick with you forever. And obviously, you know, the, the parade that, that, that followed afterwards is as, as well, there's there's so much to kind of, as you say, soak in and, and really appreciate. And maybe at, at the time you don't, you don't appreciate. And I just think, you know, obviously beating Cali on, on penalties to win a cup was was something but to say that we were there as we beat rangers in a a final would be something on a completely different level um i i did have to laugh at um kaiser's comment uh, on screen for those watching saying everything is against us on sunday if we come out the game as winners it'll be up there with beating real madrid in gothenburg i mean the the conspiracy theories about the the penalties and and how tough this game is going to be with, uh, of course, Don Robertson being in charge of of the game and Andrew Dallas being on on VAR. It feels like going into this game, uh, we've also had the ticket sales situation. This is really Aberdeen uh, and the fans against not only Rangers but the SFA, the SPFL, the West Coast media. This is us against the world um, and I love that get that siege mentality built over the next couple of days for those of you on on x or twitter or facebook might have seen that that post from um the fact that rangers are selling um slots to have their photo with the the league cup trophy next week already that that post better be plastered all over Cormac Park. That was I want that on the door of the changing room. That, I want that as the last thing the players to see before they go out. That's how smug, that's how confident that club are of winning that trophy this weekend. Let's wipe that smug smile off their faces. And boy, would it mean everything to us if we could do that. We could be smug next week and I will love every second of it. Get that played in the dressing room before kickoff. off Well, Duke will be watching. Get that screen recorded, Duke. Get that chucked on That's the TV true. beforehand.
1: I agree. I mean, I really thought you were going to end it, end it with, I will love it. Love it <laughs> if we beat them. Um, they sort of had that feeling about it. I feel like I want to run through a wall for you going.
0: Yes, come me. on. <laughs> um, but of course, um, more serious matters then. So after taking kind of a, a trip down memory lane and before I, I, I get to Neil Warnock and, and carried away, Um, Trying to give a a team talk, pre-match team talk. Um, It's a big game on Sunday. There's no getting away. But as Dandy Don said uh, a bit earlier on, (laughs) the probably most important thing is keeping 11 men on the park and don't concede early. Huge game, huge occasion we speak about when we're at home, kind of taking the game to the Rangers. Do we feel that Sunday will be maybe a bit more of a cagey opening ten minutes? They've got a big game um, tomorrow night over in Spain uh, against Real Betis. A lot of injury concerns coming into the game. <laughs> Is there a fine balance in that that opening stages about trying to exploit maybe tiredness and and a a Ranger side not settled, given the fact they are constantly making changes with the the injuries that they're picking up, or you know, bedding ourselves into the game, finding our feet. Uh,
1: I think it will be cagey. Cup finals tend to be, um, regardless of circumstances, going in. I think perhaps you could argue going towards the end of the game, the fact they've got a game that matters um, tomorrow night compared to us, and um, we could maybe see that playing mm-hmm. effect just uh, as generally tired tiredness uh, seeps in. Perhaps we'll have the edge there. And um, but that being said, in fact I, I think it will be cagey to start with. We might you know, not see a lot of the ball, but I just want them to, when we do get it, use the ball to break with purpose. Don't just nail it down the line or over the head of Boya, Miofsky or whoever. <sighs> use the ball to your advantage and make something happen. Be a hero. Um, and, Sorry, I don't want to seep too much into... I don't want to steal your thunder. But no, I just you try to get
0: yourself clipped up for the dressing room no. now.
1: <laughs> I just don't want to see us... Um. You know, just being so wasteful with the ball. As we have been in recent weeks, we were less so against Hearts in the second half. More of that Hearts second half,
0: a lot less of the rest of the shite
1: we've seen this season. And then we've got a very decent chance.
0: Yeah, and as David Stewart says, we've got nothing to be concerned about for Sunday. We always raise our game against Rangers. It's our cup final on a cup final. Um, what, what a time to put it on. And as Chris Maitland says as well, we've shown this season we can beat this team. We more than held our own um, and really bullied them, to, to quote Stephen Naismith, um, in the first 45 at the, the most recent game at Potaudry until I kind of felt Barry Robson took his foot off the, the, the gas and kind of sat back and tried to defend what we had. Hopefully we don't see that this weekend if we are fortunate enough to, to take the lead and we're not sitting back on our laurels. We spoke about the kind of, the game on Thursday night getting in Aberdeen's way. Um, Mm -hmm. ahead of of Sunday. Rangers have got a game over in Spain um, where a win would see them potentially top the group. Um, Game that they're probably going to be looking to go out and win. Do you think Thursday night, for what Rangers have at stake, benefits us in any way, given our game means nothing?
1: I think so. I suppose you look at the other side, whereas they could use it to get rhythm Meanwhile, we've got this sort of dead rubber game. You can look at it like that, but um, I think it could play into our hands, as I sort of mentioned, towards the end of the game. If they've given it all, they're all on Thursday and they have to travel back from Spain. Um, then tiredness could certainly seep in and we could certainly exploit that. And um, You saw in the semi-final, Bojemiowski can come up in big moments, um, as mm-hmm. he's done a lot this season. And if, if, if that's up against tired legs, then all the more chance that we're going to see something happen there. Um, I just, I just, um, the, the the small part of me is like, oh, at least they they've got a game that matters, and perhaps you know if they go and win that, they're going to be feeling, uh, on cloud nine going into that that final, whereas we could have a game that not doesn't really matter, it's a dead rubber and take a in. So there is two sides to the same coin.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a that's a fair point that you you make about kind of the fact that we potentially go in and you know not play certain players. And obviously we saw what happened when we rotated heavily against Helsinki and the the follow-up against Hibs. Although again, different game, different occasion, different feeling um, going into that. But looking at Rangers, Todd Cantwell's not travelled to Spain. He's dealing with an internal personal matter, whether or not that's him and Clement falling out, who knows. Um, It'd be quite enjoyable if he missed out. Um Sifuentes is suspended for Sunday's showpiece after um, his red card against Dundee. Um, yes, we are watching at SFA that there was no additional one-game ban for a, a frivolous appeal because it was an absolute shocking tackle. I can't believe they even had the cheek to appeal it. Um, but in truth, I'm more surprised it wasn't rescinded. Mm-hmm. Um, Danilo um, is out for four months as the striker faces surgery. Tom Lawrence is out until the new year. Um, the man that can't be named in midfield, Snake One. Um, he is also out uh, until the new year and Nico Raskin is a doubt. So injuries are building up for Rangers. Kimar Roof is back, but um, Philippe Clermont saying he cannot last 90 minutes due to his injuries and he has to be eased back. So Cyril Dessers and um, Sam Lammers are the, the two strikers that will need to burden a lot of the weight along with Abdullah Sima. From, I mean, those those players, certainly up top, that we saw at Patoldry, none really kind of set the heather on fire. Seema has looked good this season, but it's these build-up of injuries that I can't help but feel are giving me that confidence going into this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think so. And Did you mention Raskin's a doubt as well? Yeah. Um, however, all of these injuries are getting me a little concerned about Sneak too and his potential mm. involvement. He seemed to enjoy... Uh, a little moment at Hamden, and that would absolutely kill me, um, <laughs> uh, if I'm honest. But they they might have injuries. The fact Danilo in particular is not going to be playing, and um, is massive. I think his quality over over the rest of their forwards, and um, Barry maybe Sema, and um, is is there for everyone to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and don't get me wrong, Kemar Roof's a good player. The fact he can't play 90 minutes and, and that probably means we will see Serial Dessers is, is excellent, I think. Um, I'm trying, maybe not, however. I'm, I don't want to you know, make wrong you want to jinx it. back. wrong yeah, no, I take that back, I didn't say anything. Um, but it's a, it's sort of encouraging, Um, I think, personally. And uh, if we do go on and win this, I think I'll be pissed for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I yeah, know. I think we'll come on still absolutely steaming on Monday night for the, the reaction. Um, I've already said I'm not going into the office on Monday, although I might just to, to wind up the Rangers fans in the office. But I'll I'll make that a mid-afternoon trip. Um, I think the, the concern for me um, going into the game is obviously Bojan Mijowski's fitness. I will not kind of feel confident in the sense until I know that he's maybe starting the game. Um, Like I said, it could just be Barry Robson is an excellent poker player. We'll wait and see. The one other position that is giving me kind of concern uh, and curiosity uh, ahead of Sunday is left-back, left-wing-back. Johnny Hayes has been starting there the last few games. I was more surprised to not see um, kind of Jimmy McGarry get more minutes um, across the the two games uh, against Kilmarnock and Hearts. Do you think... That if Jimmy McGarry gets a decent amount of minutes on, well, potentially on Thursday night against Frankfurt, Johnny Hayes could be in line to, to start that final on Sunday? Um, is it wrong to say I hope not? I don't know. <laughs> I think in the second half
1: against Tarts, he was actually pretty good, in fairness. And against Gilmarnock, he wasn't one of the worst. So that's an improvement. Um, I would like to see Jimmy McGarry start the cup final. And I do hope, however, he gets minutes on Thursday. Mm. Um, i think you do with minutes in the legs and um, whether that's he starts plays an hour comes off or comes on for the last half an hour i don't know um, and yeah. but I suppose if john Hayes is to play it's not the worst thing in the world he's it's experience it's you know you're gonna get the effort even if the end product isn't there um, and an experience of winning trophies as well and um, f- i think for him perhaps uh, he's got a, a few wrongs to write as well after having to go off after 17 seconds. Uh, the last time we won the League Cup, so perhaps we're going to see John Maybe yeah. it's the ultimate redemption arc. You never know these kind yeah. of things. It's not final, anything can happen. And um, God, could you imagine if, if it was him that went on to win it for us? And um, after sort of, maybe some of his performances, and also after the fact, you know, he he, he didn't. Um, last longer than 20 seconds in, in the league cup final. And then he went away without us winning anything else. And he comes back in his geriatric form and comes up big in,
0: in, in the cup final. Could you imagine? And I'm sorry to bring up, but he also has some making up to do after the 2017 Scottish cup final as well.
1: So. Well, I would blame him
0: rather than Kenny McLean. And I'll say that much. Um, the other interesting position still remains in defence, of course, um, Slobodan Rubicic not featuring in the last couple of games, Angus McDonald and Jack Milne um, featuring against Kilmarnock and Hearts respectively. Does Ruby come back for the final or has Jack Milne potentially done enough to earn a start or is Angus McDonald knocking on the door?
1: I hope Angus McDonald. to be honest, of the three, um... Just in terms of the fact it's a massive game, Ruby could do something mental. And we saw Anthony Stewart do something mental last season and that proved costly. And I just don't want to run the risk of, of that sort of thing again. Um, again, relying on McDonald's experience. Um, I think they didn't play against hearts. Robson mentioned something about the fact that was simply too tired. You know, he's not played a lot of football. I find that baffling, though. He's not played a lot of football, though, so he's probably not completely sharp. Um, but then, I suppose. Then, do you think if he's not completely sharp, then play Rubicic? And um, I can't see Jack Mills starting this one. Um, however, perhaps on Thursday, and um, I can't see him starting in, in the cup final. However, and um, so I think I would, I would put my money on on Angus McDonald.
0: Well, we'll see what happens there. Um, I've also written down as well. Do you think we'll go with the Frankfurt formation, um, which would see us go one up top? Um, would you be happy enough with us to kind of line up like that?
1: I think so. Um, and then does that mean Dante Polvara comes into the starting lineup? I think uh, big game Dante, as yeah. I, as I think he should be known. Um, <laughs> I would I'd be happy if we started that way. To be honest, I think in terms of containing them, as they'll probably look to come flying out the traps, that probably gives us the best chance. Um, Jamie McGrath then most likely the midfield to break forward and, and get get close to Miofsky, let's say it will be. Um mm-hmm. and Dante has that application. He's a big body. And I think in, in terms of this cup final, I, I'd be happy with that. Um, and hey, he's done it in big games, you know, we've seen him come up in, in big moments. Um perhaps he could do the same again.
0: Yeah, and Dave Sure asked if if Sokler's fit, we should go with, with two up top. I can see the the logic behind it. And I just wonder, given the success we had in that first 45 um, at Potaudry with both Sokler and Miovsky, I wonder if that is going to be playing on Barry Robson's mind uh, ahead of the final.
1: I think quite possibly. And if, if we're going to be without the ball a lot of the game, he gives us the best chance of... Uh a forward who could actually win the ball uh, in terms of a flick on uh, or, or nodding it down to somebody. There's no point if, if Duke's going to start then slumping the ball up to it when you know, players are half a foot taller than him uh, that, that he's up against. Um, so I w- wouldn't be against that. I just think for me, given the way we've gone into some of the big games this season, uh, Ibrox away, I suppose, as well, with that five four one with one and Bovara, then I, I'd be... I'd be more inclined to go with that. However, having the option of Sokler off the bench uh, mm-hmm. as well as Duke is then a decent spot to be in, you know, come if, if the game's still very close or within touching distance, but with sort of half an hour, 20 minutes to go.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing, you know, is obviously I, I mentioned about kind of not wanting the game to go uh, as far as penalties, having those players in reserve could be beneficial against. I. I Again, speaking with the game in Thursday in mind, the longer the game's on goes on, it could have a better benefit to us, tired legs coming into into play. Um, I guess we have to to take account of. Um, yeah, I can't wait for Sunday. I'm really excited, really nervous. Um, at the same time, what time are you heading down the road at? Or are you going to be um, staying in Fife the night before?
1: I'm not going to be staying in that Fife the night before. Uh, I don't actually know what time we're leaving. Are you on the um, bus? I'm not on the bus, no. no. Neil will be driving us down, uh, uh, providing he recovers from COVID. So no. <laughs> that's gone well uh, for us, but I'm sure he'll be fine uh, by Sunday. So we'll be driving down. I'll back up the road, hopefully... Uh, uh, with something to celebrate and a, a pit stop for cans would be excellent. Um, and I don't think I'd be sober for for the rest of the year. I don't know if i even if you'd ever see me on this channel for the rest of the year. Uh, just too pissed to do anything. Uh, yeah. Let's move of that. Of that. Yeah, I'm in a celebratory
0: mood. Uh, I. Gonna, not happen. I just hope Barry Robson's rolling it back and stopping the team bus and Cumbernauld for the carry out and chucks his credit card behind the till and lets the boys buy as much um booze as they want. Um, because I'm sure um, the celebrations will go long into the night on Sunday, and you might turn up pissed at Pottery or uh, midweek against Livingston, and I'm sure half the players might as well uh, if all things go at our way on Sunday. Um, as I said, tomorrow night, Thursday, um, it really feels like nothing. So when we are back on the episode, we're probably not going to look back on the game kind of too much unless somebody really stands out um, from the first team players. Um, So the next time you see us, we will be looking back at the League Cup final. Oh, I really hope we're speaking about all things positive because it could be one of the greatest episodes we've ever done, Callum. I mean, this episode started off as a shambles and if you think that was bad, imagine I was extremely hungover um, doing this show. There might be a chance that one of us spews...
1: (laughs) Now, that would be worth tuning in for. It. Or we might just still have cans and still be going for it. You never know. Um. However, I'd like I'll end it on. If there's any youngsters out there tuning in and we win, just do all you can to soak it in, because these things don't come along very often. And that would be my little bit of advice. Uh, going off off the 2013, 14 league cup.
0: I thought you were always saying drink responsibly, but no. Um, <laughs> um, well, yes, please do drink responsibly. Let's end it like well, we yes. are saying. Um, but no, I think that is that is good advice. Um, if it's your first cup final this weekend, do enjoy every moment of it, um, especially um if we win but thank you very much to those of you that have tuned in to this episode live here on the red tinted glasses youtube channel as always if you have been joining in live do remember to hit uh, that like button before you leave the video tonight if you have been watching on catch up comment down below subscribe if you're new and follow us wherever you are listening into the podcast and we'll see you next week come on you're it's back, baby.